Hey, when you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about those out-of-pocket costs. Now, that could be a lot of money, but are your medical bills accurate? Now, it's estimated that over 50% of medical bills actually contain errors. Now, HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, or fraud. Now, you can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. Now, to date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. Check them out online, healthlock.com. Go there today. Well, we're coming to your city. Gonna play our guitars and sing you a country song. We'll all be flying higher than a jetliner. And if you want a little bang in your yin-yang, come along. We now see that with the Democratic Party. We see extremists dictating radical positions. Let me back up for a second and just say, President Biden has done a masterful job in managing this situation. I just want you to know, I may be Irish, but I'm not stupid. I married Dominic Giacoppa's daughter. (laughs) Freedom is back in style. Welcome to the revolution. Yeah, we're coming. Sean Hannity. The new Sean Hannity Show. More behind-the-scenes information on breaking news and more bold, inspired solutions for America. This is a special edition of the Sean Hannity Show. America trapped behind enemy lines. Day number 219. Everything is Putin's price hikes. Inflation is Putin's fault. People don't believe that either. They know that we had inflation before this. They know that gas prices were high before this. So they they haven't dialed this in quite right yet. You can't blame everything in the economy All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, toll-free. It's 800-941-SEAN if you want to be a part of the program. We'll get to your calls at the bottom of this half hour. Um, So the big lie is that Putin price hike, Putin caused inflation. Only problem is uh, gas prices were up, way up under Joe Biden, in part because everything we've told you, they stopped the the federal land auctions for oil companies, et cetera, et cetera. Then we we have debunked ad, ad nauseum the 9,000 leases you already have available. Okay, then the environmental extremist uh, regulations to put on the oil and gas companies. Then, of course, closing Anwar um, and even importing oil from Russia, which is insane. At least they stopped that. But they're sending emissaries to negotiate with Venezuela, potentially to import oil from Venezuela. We're told this Iranian deal they're working on would allow the Iranians to sell us oil. Uh, that would make Ayatollahs, uh, the number one state sponsor of terror, really rich again. That would be pretty stupid. And But anyway, but the blame game continues. Inflation, 40-year high, months and months before Vladimir Putin invaded Russia. Uh, same with gas prices, dramatically higher. Now they're even going higher further. Okay, that last part, you can give a little bit of credit to Vladimir Putin, but also blame America for not being energy independent, which Joe Biden inherited. 
Then we've got our neighbors to the north, little Justin and Canada. They're begging to send us more oil. So why are we begging OPEC, Venezuela, and Iran? Doesn't make sense. Anyway, here is the administration just blaming anybody and everybody for high gas prices except their own radical policies. I'm going to work like the devil to bring gas prices down. I will do what needs to be done to reduce the price you pay at the pump. Even if we drilled as much as we could, uh, the price of oil is still set globally. This Keystone pipeline, it would take years for that to have an impact on prices. There's an impediment to production in the United States, and it's called the bankers on Wall Street. Oil prices and, and gas prices are famously something that is largely outside of the direct control of any political figure. The price of oil is very much dependent upon the global supply, and that's manipulated for price by countries that don't always uh, have the same values that we have. Are you guys just going to start blaming Putin for everything? Putin's price hikes at the pump. Putin's price hike here at home. Putin. All right, we, get the, we, get, we get the message here. Austin Goolsby, professor, Chicago's Booth School of Economics, former chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors for Obama and the Obama administration. You know what's interesting? Your your pal Lawrence Summers has probably been the, the most accurate in predicting that inflation, A, wasn't transitory. That was another lie told by Biden and Saki and Kamala Harris. And also is out there and saying this is the, these interest rate hikes are going to be very real and severe and saying that the likelihood of recession is very high. Do you agree with Lawrence Summers, your fellow Democrat, Obama administration official? Well, first of all, Sean, thanks for having me back. You <laughs> no, no, don't, back. no, don't start with the nice routine. About you. They're going to wonder <laughs> about you. Uh, I've some, uh, I, I've kind of disagreed with Larry um, before the inflation. I thought it would prove to be more temporary than it was. So I, I think he's... I think he is right um, that the rates are probably going to have to go up more than than what um, than what the Fed has has been anticipating. Do you acknowledge the simple truth that before Russia ever came near invading Ukraine, that uh, the price of a gallon of gasoline on average had gone up close to a little below a buck fifty a gallon already? You acknowledge that truth, correct? Well, it, it was up. What are you? dating it to because no 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 i'm uh, what work well, before vladimir putin troops, hang, hang on all right he right before he, before he started amassing troops it was like a buck 25 more a gallon already that's the fact the the price of oil was at 85 dollars a barrel at the beginning of december that was definitely up from for sure, the, from the all right, but you're, you're ducking, weaving, and dodging. The price of oil before Putin started amassing, if that's your timeline, which I disagree with, but we'll use it anyway. But yep. before he started amassing troops and military equipment, it was up, man, on average, about a buck and a quarter of gallon nationwide. Compared to the depth of, the, of COVID, yes. No, compared to Donald Trump's last year in office. In other words, the depth of COVID, yes. Okay, so you at least you're acknowledging that. So whatever price increase, well, look, price so na- now, 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 when there was a collapse of the economy under Donald Trump and COVID. Okay, nice try. That's not going to fly on this program. Now, the premier, when he canceled the Keystone XL pipeline and Jen Psaki saying we can't get it up for years, well, the premier of Alberta said we're about eight to ten months away from finishing it. And if we finished it, it, the Canadians would able would be able to import into the U.S. or export into the U.S. 900,000 barrels of oil a day, and, and we can get Canadian oil. 
Uh, wouldn't that be better than begging Venezuela and Iran and OPEC uh, to increase production or importing oil from enemy countries? Two different things. I, I was I thought the Venezuela thing was weird. The Keystone Pipeline wasn't built. <laughs> by, so by the bad. way, what do you mean it's weird? Affect the price of oh, oh, oh close. Back, 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 let's go back one second. Maduro, you admit, is a murdering thug, right? He's a bad, he's a bad dude. Bad guy. I mean, the Iranians and the mullah and and the Iranian mullahs in Iran—they're the number one state sponsor of terror, right? You acknowledge that? Yeah. Look, I, I'm I yes am yes not a fan. Yeah, I think. I mean, I'm not. I don't have their bank accounts if they're the largest. They were a bad regime. The Iran deal was a good deal to get them to stop their nuclear. No, that was the worst deal in the history of mankind. Is that throwing out the deal has proved to be really problematic on nuclear and geopolitics. So wait a minute. You think a deal that resulted in billions of dollars dropped on a tarmac to the mullahs of Iran, the number one state sponsor of terror, where we, we, the United States, did not, we did not get as part of that deal any place, any time inspections, a deal that would expire anyway in 2025, which then would allow the Iranians to pursue nuclear weapons once again. No, uh, they, they began pursuing the nuclear weapons, the centrifuges, etc., as soon as the deal was ended, and. Now, no, many that of would the be... people who w- had questions about the deal originally have viewed that abolishing the deal unilaterally has proved to be a major mistake. So according to reports, this new deal would allow the Russians to build a nuclear facility about $10 billion worth in Iran. It would it would free up sanctioned money to the tune of tens of billions of dollars. And the United States would then help Iran and the mullahs of Iran get really wealthy and rich because we'd import their oil. You think that's a good deal for us? I don't know. They don't have a deal. And it doesn't look like there's going to be one because, as you know, the Russians are trying to carve out a way to go around the sanctions if there were to be a deal. Now, do you think that Joe Biden is... I don't know what would be in it. Uh, Do do you think Joe Biden is making a mistake? That's what you say allowing Putin to be the the broker in this deal? Um, Putin to be the bro- How is Putin the broker? Russia Putin is... Has a, I'll give you the answer. Russia is brokering this new Iranian deal. It doesn't make you a broker if you're blocking the deal. That's, that's not No, not broker. No, no, no. They're at the negotiating table trying yeah, to get the deal. They were part of the original deal. So, And that's okay with you? With, they were in the deal. They're not a broker. <laughs> how would you have a deal that they, the Iranians won't them? speak to us directly? So Russia and China Correct. are uh, and Europe. Th- we we have. Well, Europe. let me ask you this All question: Parties that were part of the deal, as I say, I don't know that they're actually going to have any deal because it seems like Vladimir Putin is just trying. It seems like Joe wants one around. badly. Don't you think it's a dumb idea to keep begging OPEC, who keeps rejecting the U.S. to increase their oil production? Isn't it a bad idea to talk to Venezuela? Isn't it a bad idea to negotiate any deal that would allow the U.S. to import oil from from Iran? Isn't that dumb economically and for for national security reasons? He did exactly what Donald Trump did, which is yes, which is pressure OPEC to supply more oil. And they did it. They, before Vladimir Putin began amassing troops, 
the price of oil was coming down had fallen about 25% because OPEC had begun ramping up their production. Under Donald Trump, we were paying nearly just a little over $2 a gallon for gasoline, and Donald Trump also took office and made America, for the first time in 75 years, a net uh, energy independent and a net exporter of energy. I went and looked that up, because you told me that the last time. And we were still importing one third of the oil we use. You keep saying we were. No, no, no. But you got. But when you but when you put it was is that we opened up exports and so we export more than we because we have better refining facilities. Hang on. The net when you become a net exporter of energy, that means that you are producing more than you need import and for refining purposes. Very different. And that we were a net exporter between natural gas, oil, and coal. We didn't need anything from anybody in the world. And the last month or few months of the Trump presidency, we didn't import, for example, one barrel of oil from Saudi Arabia, not one. We imported one third of the oil we used. Do you not? Do you not acknowledge that? I acknowledge that we imported oil, but for refinery purposes, because a lot of these countries don't have the ability to refine it. We're using oil. Sixty some percent of our imports come from. All right, but hang on. What 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 part of us being a net exporter of energy did you not understand? Because that was the I reality. I understood it. I'm afraid you didn't understand what a the difference between a net exporter and okay. a gross exporter. So, so it was Donald Trump we that opened the Keystone XL pipeline and then the North Dakota pipeline. It was Donald Trump that opened up Anwar. Donald Trump that reduced, you know, these these burdensome regulations on the energy sector. It was Donald Trump that was ba- basically said to oil and energy companies, frack baby frack and drill baby drill. And we produced more energy than we are under Joe Biden. Two question. Why do you think, if you just look at domestic U.S. oil production, barrels per day, why is the average barrels per day produced in the United States higher under Joe Biden? That's not true. No, you're, you, yes, it is. The the, the, no, the, no this is produced. what you're saying. This is their talking point. Donald Tr- Joe Biden uh, produced more oil in his first year in office than Donald Trump did in his first year of office. That's true. But it's but, four years but that's a, that's called the sleight of hand because then Donald Trump opened up energy production in this country and as a result by the time he ended his presidency after 4 years he we were a net exporter of energy and we were energy independent meaning we had enough uh, of our own supply to take care of our own needs first. But we we imported one third of the oil that we used. The Keystone. You're missing the. You're missing the refinery question. Oil. Why do other countries come? Why do other countries send oil to us besides us importing it? Don't they send it here to get refined? They send it here to be refined. So we thank you for gasoline. No. So and then we and then we and then we export it out. That's the point. Is your view that the U.S is simply a turnstile, that we don't actually use the oil that we import? No, I'm saying that America has enough energy resources, oil, to last over well, well over 100 years to meet all of our needs and then some. 
We are the the Middle East of natural gas. We have more natural gas than <laughs> pretty much the Middle the, East of the Middle East. Look, the, the the if I told you that this year oil production in the U.S. under Joe Biden is oh going to be the second highest in the history of the United States, would that make you happy? It would make me happy. I'd like you know That's what I'd make me, you know what would be you know you know what would be make me even happier. If Joe would will pull back on all of the burdensome regulations he's put on the energy companies and they can't do their job to the best of their ability. And we we should be, again, energy independent and a net exporter of energy. But I got to run anyway. Did, now, are you are you still what do we have any bet going here? I want to bet yeah, wait, I, you owe me money from the previous one. I do. I do not. I don't owe you a penny. I, yes, you do. Yes, I took you, you and your wife out to dinner, and you had the best meal you ever had in your no, life. With the a good meal, I'm not disputing uh, that. But you right. bet me ten grand that Obamacare would cost a hundred million people their insurance. We don't have a hundred million people in there, insurance, but we lost millions and millions lost their doctors, millions lost their plans. And by the way, the average person is paying about two hundred and fifty percent more. And they're not saving the $2,500 a year as promised. I fed the bear. I should have stopped it. Thanks you for should have. me on. Goodbye. <laughs> See you later. All right, I want you to meet Kelsey. Now, when she found out she was pregnant, well, she wasn't really sure where to turn. But after meeting with counselors at Preborn Network Clinics, well, guess what? They loved her. They supported her. And they gave her a free 4D ultrasound for her to actually hear her baby's heartbeat. When a mother looks at her child through a sonogram, it does something to you. You know, I ended up deciding to keep my son who is now five years old today. He's amazing. He brings absolute joy to my heart. I could not imagine life without him. Can you help out this great mission of preborn and maybe even in a big way? Every donation is tax deductible. They don't get a penny from the federal government like Planned Parenthood. They rely on people that believe in the sanctity of life and people in the pro-life community. Now to donate, just dial pound 250, say the keyword baby, pound 250, keyword baby, or just go to their website, preborn.com slash Sean. That's preborn.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Once again, Pure Talk, my sponsor and my wireless company, they're investing in their customers out of their own pocket without charging an extra penny. And I'm really happy to announce that Pure Talk is now providing international roaming to over 50 countries. That's right. As you plan your summer travel, make sure that your wireless provider has you covered at home and abroad. Pure Talk already puts you on America's most dependable 5G network, and now they're giving you coverage in over 50 countries as well. You get unlimited talk and text and plenty of 5G data for just 20 bucks a month. That's less than half the price of the big carriers Verizon, AT&T, and T-Mobile for the exact same service. Now bring your phone or get great savings on the latest iPhones and Androids. Just go to puretalk.com slash Sean, S-E-A-N. Make the switch today. That's puretalk.com slash Sean. Do it now. You save an additional 50% off your first month. Make the switch to Pure Talk so you can afford to travel this summer. Inspired Solutions for America. This is the Sean Hannity Show. 
right, 25 now to the top of the hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to join us. So, Linda, I'm, I'm, I've been very, very consistently clear on my position as it relates to Ukraine, right? Uh, there's no ambiguity here. None. I've said over, over and over again, not one single American boot on the ground, correct? Correct. And I've said over and over and over again, if the Ukrainians want to fight after they've been invaded, uh, they're a sovereign country. Um, and we see, let's see, oh, mass graves, indiscriminate bo- bombing of women and children. We saw the disaster unfold of, you know, Russian troops firing at at innocent men and women and children this weekend. Just, I mean, just firing away at all of them. Uh, we see neighborhoods leveled, apartment complexes leveled. We see all of the atrocities you expect in war. And that if the Ukrainians show, as they have been showing, a willingness to fight for their own country, um, my position is not a single American boot on the ground, uh, and that we can sell them all the weapons they want. Maybe they can't pay for them now, but we'll figure out a payment plan down the road, hopefully, if they can push the Russians uh, out of their country. I'm not sure if they can, but we'll see what happens over time. And but to I, me... I mean- You've been saying this ad nauseum, Sean. I mean, I know. you know, I was saying this to the team earlier. I mean, I mean, I was out of my mind when you were talking about monoclonals, but then, you know, people didn't remember what you said. And I kind of feel the same way now about, you know, pinpoint accuracy, precision from a place in Florida with the drone. <laughs> Don't we have the technology? I mean, and people are like, oh, my God, this again. But then you see the left wing media is like Sean Hannity says to put boots on the ground. I'm like, the man has never said that. In fact, he has said the exact. In fact, I can think of an interview where you were just talking with Dan Hoffman and you and Dan Hoffman had this conversation and you were like, I don't want our young men and women on the ground in the middle of this crisis. We just it's you couldn't be more clear. What do I say historically? Well, people ask me, well, what is your political philosophy, Hannity? Well, I like the Reagan doctrine. Because Ronald Reagan never put a boot on the ground when the Soviets invaded Afghanistan in the 80s, but he did provide them with the means to defeat the Soviets. And in that war, it ended up being Stinger missiles. Uh, I supported Reagan helping uh, the freedom fighting Contras in uh, Nicaragua battle back against the the communist Sandinistas and Daniel Ortega, uh, not a single American boot on the ground. Uh, I support the Trump doctrine which is bomb the living daylights out of the caliphate that grew under Obama and Biden. Uh, There might have been a couple of intel boots on the ground just to make sure that the accuracy was perfect, but no boots on the ground for the most part. And uh, he did the same thing with Soleimani, the same thing with Baghdadi and associates, the same thing with the al-Qaeda leader in Yemen. And I agree with America first principles, make America great again principles, save America principles. You know, and no matter how many times I say it, you know, people just just distort it on purpose. But again, Sean, remember when you were talking about Afghanistan and, you know, we're we're looking at over 200 days now of SIV holders and American citizens left behind enemy lines. Nobody is there to help them. Nobody is there to rescue them. The situation there is beyond dire and nobody's saying a word. Nobody's talking about it. But we're sending $13 billion in aid, only $1 billion of which is going to military aid to Ukraine. It can't, you, you can't get any dumber. So the New York Times and others are suggesting in what was the Rolling Stone magazine saying Hannity was quoting Putin's spokesperson who said that Joe is cognitively weak. I'm like, I say it every day of the week. 
and, and my for point, a long and my time. point, I've said it before before the election. And not only that, I can play example after example that corroborates what I'm saying is true. My point was our enemies see it. There's a reason. Now, why was Crimea annexed under Biden-Obama? And why did the caliphate grow under Biden-Obama, but not under Trump? Why is it now that Ukraine is invaded again under Biden? There are reasons for it. And the main reason is they perceive Joe as weak. That might be their talking point, but if they got it, they stole it from me because I've been making the case that having a weak American president is not good for this country and it's not good for the world. I wrote a book about it. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. Now it's the on the brink part economically and on national security issues. So, you know, I I find it amazing well, Hannity said that they recognize what Hannity recognizes. That was my point. They already they, they know the reason they're doing this is because they see the weakness. And the other but thing also, is. But also the other point you've been making that nobody else is making, even now, as the evidence is becoming more and more mainstream, is the fact that the Biden family is compromised by the many connections that they have to Ukraine. I'm, I'm sure. Well, that. When Hunter Biden's name showed up on Putin's list, it wasn't an accident. When Hillary Clinton's name showed up on there, it was not an accident. That was their propaganda, their lies. And, you know, how many more times can I say, for me, it's a matter of conscience. We can't be the world's policemen. We just can't. We have the capacity to, but we can't. Um, and, well, actually, we don't have the capacity. And nor am I willing to risk any more of our national treasure because these idiot politicians are all gung ho. They're all united. They're all let's let's we're going to war. Then they never fight those wars like Trump did against ISIS to win the war. And then it, they politicize the war. And then after so many people died and, and have these catastrophic injuries, they say, never mind. And well, how many times have I been saying never again? Can we ever go down that road again? So but. You know, I like the Reagan doctrine and the Trump doctrine as it relates to these conflicts. You don't have long protracted wars. You don't put an American boot on the ground. If if but you do support there's, there's got to be some level of what kind of country do we want to be? Look, America's always had a strain of, of or a, a group of people. The word is and they, they hate when you call them this isolationists. And they want to just put blinders on and and say, that's not our problem. Um, I'm not one of those people. My Christian faith, to be very honest, is what guides me here. And I can't look at mass graves and innocent men, women and children and say, we're not going to lift a finger. If they're see, willing to fight. That's an excellent point. It's not about Putin or Zelensky. No, it's not about, to me. It's about the civilians, right? Because they're just literally victims in the middle of a hot mess. And I know you've been talking about the Reagan cuts that we were playing earlier today. And it, it reminds me of when Obama made fun of Romney and he was like, you know, the 1980s are calling, you know, they, they want their uh, they want their uh, policies back, you know, their Russian policies back. And who are you to talk about your, you know, this? It's so stupid and nobody cares about Russia. And, and here we are again. And it's like this is what happens when you don't study history and you don't remember what happened. You're doomed to repeat it. And in this case, they keep talking about Ukraine being a sovereign nation, but they don't care about the United States as sovereign borders. I mean, the hypocrisy uh, is just that, that flows hypocrisy, every day. 
Oh, my it, God. This is their simple. And by the way, there's many people out there that don't want to support our, our allies, Israel, a geopolitical, you know, the only democracy in the region in the Middle East. That is beyond short sighted to me, because whether you want to believe it or not, alliances matter. And and that if Putin tests NATO's alliance, it's going to be interesting to see if it's it got any teeth in it or it's a paper tiger. And one final point before you go to your calls, because I know you want to get to callers. You make a very interesting point about Israel, because Israel already had the approval for the East Med line, which would have given the European Union access to another energy source and completely gotten rid of that. And instead, we're going to OPEC and Iran and Saudi Arabia. Why? Israel is willing to work with you. Why? I I think Benjamin Netanyahu with Levin last night was as clear. He had moral clarity and he just laid it all out. We have I'll an never forget what he said to you. Remember your interview with him? Which one? This is coming to a theater near you. And I know many of the things I've been saying over the years, people have said, well, you know, he's just saying it. Don't think about it. This is one I've, this is a danger I've been pointing to. It's not a spin. It's not uh, a wing. It is a clinical diagnosis of a pathological uh, movement that is sweeping our area but will soon come to a theater near you. It has to be stopped now. The ones who are standing right now in front of this tsunami is Israel. Support Israel. Support yourself. That He was right, and he's always he been right. right. And he's I can't wait right. for him to be prime minister again. All right, let's get to some calls here. Let's say hi to Charles in California. Charles, what the hell are you doing out there? Are you out of your mind? Get out of there. Somebody's got to stay and fight, Sean. Yeah, but I'm telling you, you're not going to win for a long time, if ever. <laughs> uh, not going to give up. Good for you. What's on your mind today? Uh, I just wanted to bring up a topic that I really haven't heard too much about. Um, if Ukraine had something similar to our Second Amendment, do you think that that would have affected the earlier days or as a deterrent? I think the people were pretty well armed and qu- and very quickly armed. Um, so I, I, a deterrent... You know, when you have hypersonic missiles and you have the tanks that Vladimir Putin has and you outman and outgun uh, like Russia does Ukraine, it's it's it would it have been helpful, perhaps for the insurgency, though, you definitely could use to defend yourself the AK-47 or whatever weapon you have, automatic weapon. But you really need the javelins, the stingers. You You really need the. The, the MIGs and the Jets, that's what's going to win the war and the drones. So Correct. That's what will win it. But do you think that it may have slowed the Russians down, possibly? Well, they've obviously been slowed down on a, on a lot of fronts. I mean, to my surprise, I did not expect Putin's army to be this bad. I thought they would have been better. Uh, to my surprise, the resolve of the Ukrainian people to fight back has been in, pretty inspiring, actually. And as they, now that they've shown a willingness to fight, the Western world should provide them the means to fight. And by the way, I'm not for giving anybody anything for free. We can't afford it. So over time, they're going to have to find ways to pay us back. But in the interim, we're not going to deny them the weaponry that they need to fight the war because by then it would be over. Uh, anyway, hang. Uh, by the way, out in California, they have a $400 gas rebate. That'll take California to universal basic income probably faster than anything else. 
Quick break, right back to the phones, 800-941-SEAN, our number if you want to be a part of the program. At the top of the next hour, Cash Patel, who was the former Pentagon chief of staff, is asking a lot of tough questions about Joe Biden's involvement with China, Ukraine, Russia, uh, questions we've been asking that we haven't gotten answers to. He'll join us as well. busy phones uh let's say hi to steve is in new york steve how are you glad you called good how are you today i'm good sir happy monday there's no such thing as a happy monday but happy monday yeah you too (laughs) um i'm calling because i'm a a farmer in upstate new york and our uh lovely new york state government is trying to push a a labor bill and it's going to devastate our farmers what, what is? I'm not familiar with the bill. Tell me about it. So what's going to do? Like two years ago, they they kind of they they made us go to sixty hour work weeks for our labor. Um, and as you know, farming you can't really, you know, when it comes to harvest season, you can't. Uh, Mother Nature dictates a lot of what you can do. And now they're trying to force us into a forty hour work week. Oh, um, good grief! Yeah, it's not going to really work well for us. That's not going to work well for anybody. You know, you only have a limited no. time when you can get take get your crops before they begin to deteriorate, and you can't then then it becomes a waste. So you know, those are p- periods where you usually work longer hours. Look, the farmers that I knew and heard of and and interviewed over the course of my life, I can tell you they're up b- before the sun rises, and they're not done until the sun sets. So it's not a nine to five job. And, you know, in the case of, of many farmers, it's it's every single day, including Saturday and Sunday. You don't get a day off. Right. And it's going to take an already inflated economy and inflate it more. You know, our food prices are going to have to go up to try to compensate for this. Yep. Expect uh, it. I mean, they're, they're not lifting a finger to help lower food prices or gas prices. You're right. Uh, thanks, Steve. Joe and LJ. What's up, Big Joe? How are you? I love your show. Well, listen, David Perdue is uh, Donald Trump is coming to a uh, see out to Georgia this week to camp Saturday. Yeah, great David Perdue, and I think this will put David Perdue over the top against Brian Kemp, and then I predict David will go on to the be the socialist Stacey Abrams. So I'm fired up for David Perdue. I'm supporting David and Herschel down in Georgia. Um, the polls have Kemp with a slight lead, but what's interesting about the polls in Georgia is almost half of Republican primary voters don't know that Trump's supporting Purdue. That well, I found fat. Both Trafalgar, yeah. Insider Advantage, a number of polls have shown the same thing. I'm like, how do they not know that? But, you know, it, sometimes it takes it, it takes maybe a rally like this one Saturday to, to change uh, momentum. But Sean, anyway, Big Joe, we love you, man. What's that? Thank you, John. You're the best. Appreciate you being with us. Quick break. Right back. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny. 
the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.